0: Welcome back to Call Time with Katie Bierenbaum. I'm so excited to be trying out this new format. Many of you for a long time have expressed to me how much more likely you would be to listen to the show if it were in podcast form. But I was very suspicious of this sort of like everyone must have a podcast millennial mindset. But here we are, and I guess it's popular for a reason, and I'm really, really excited by it. And if it's going to help me connect to a larger audience of uh, people who are excited about theater, then I'm excited about it too. So please listen to us on the go, walking around New York or wherever you are, cooking, doing dishes in the shower, sitting side by side with your lover, not speaking to them, what have you, and please like, rate, and subscribe and all the things that I'm supposed to say now as a podcast host. And I promise in return, I'll be working on my ASMR podcast voice because I know my voice is very um, cartoony, musical theater cartoony, which is not very conducive to podcasts. But here we are, we've got to adapt in the modern world. And speaking of the modern world, I'm so excited to have my guest on the show today. I think she's the perfect guest to usher us into this new era in this new format, an amazing actress who's going to take over the world from all of us. She already sort of did uh, from me at, at Princeton, where we did not overlap because I am very old and ancient, the wonderful and kind and lovely Tessa Albertson.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so, so excited to be here. It's so cool. I know we're no longer visual
0: media, but I just want to point out to the listeners that you you look amazing and you always have the coolest most eclectic jewelry I love it
1: thank you I know like definitely my weird like beady earrings don't go with like the metal kind of punk necklace but that's just who I am at the end of the day so
0: <laughs> embrace it I think it's fabulous with your blonde hair it's like you know it's it's punk it's princess it's all at once and I'm sure later we'll talk about your fashion evolution because just having followed you on Instagram, I feel like you are a very fashionable person and I want to know more about it. But before we get into all that, I'm going to do a little intro to you for guests who may not know you, though they most certainly should. Like some of our previous guests, namely a good friend of Tessa's, Noah Galvin. Tessa was something of a child star, I'll be the first to say. And I'm especially excited to have her on the show because in addition to her illustrious theatrical career, I would say she's worked equally, if not more so, on the silver screen, though we can debate that later together. She grew up in New York City and got her first big acting role at the age of 12 when she was cast as Alice in the movie Phoebe in Wonderland, opposite really small name people like Elle Fanning. Following that, she did the indie film Disconnect opposite Jason Bateman and Hope Davis, starred as Teen Fiona in Shrek the Musical, and perhaps most importantly to Teen Katie, who's been obsessed with Sutton Foster since the age of nine, starred as Caitlin Miller, a.k.a. Sutton's daughter, on the Darren Star show Younger, and Younger was obviously extremely successful, critically acclaimed, and just recently closed out its seventh and final season, and in between all of this, Tessa found the time to do serious theater, like Michael Greif's *The Low Road* at the Public, which I saw and was incredible, and even to get a Princeton degree, as I mentioned. As I said, we did not overlap, but it's so wonderful to have more of the Tiger Arts Mafia here—a small but mighty group. Um, did I miss anything important?
1: I think that's pretty much it. And I would, I would say too. I, I will never forget when I was, um, like, uh, applying to Princeton. I sat in on Mark Nelson's intermediate acting class and you were in that class and that was like a huge moment for me because I just wanted to know like you know how how people were approaching acting and how like critical and intellectual it was and Mark Nelson is such an amazing director so that was like a really cool space to be in so even though we didn't overlap like you were kind of the first people that I you know, encountered on the campus. So
0: well, that was literally where I was gonna start because I was gonna ask you if you remembered sitting in on that class. Because my memory of that class was literally people whispering to each other, the Sutton Foster daughter is sitting in on the class, and us just like watching you like a hawk. So I hope, I hope your experience was not just like people watching you, and it was more. Hopefully you have no memory of that aspect.
1: No, no, I don't remember that. I just remember you guys, like, seemed like you were, like, giggling, but more in kind of a way of just, like, having fun, being like, oh, my gosh, like, Mark wants us to be, like, serious actors, and we are, but we're also trying to have fun, Mark, you know? Like, so I totally didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, let's say that was the giggling. It was it was the joy of acting. And it's a, it's a great segue uh, into my first question, which... Is sort of like a weird way to get into your career. But speaking of all that, you've been working in the business a long time for someone your age, and I'm curious: Do you think of yourself as someone with like something of fame? And if you do, how does that affect your daily life?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I it's, it's interesting. I think of myself more as kind of like working than like fame is you know? Like the part on Younger was so interesting because I felt like it was kind of like conceptually an important part, but I was really only in like two episodes a season, like, you know, and like sometimes it was more, sometimes it was two, sometimes it was one. It was interesting because I felt like with Younger, it was kind of this like moment where I started doing that when I was 17. I was a junior in high school, it was 2014. And we just wrapped this year and I'm now, I'm now 25, but I was 24 when we finished that. And so I was and like Princeton, like college was such a moment for me to be like, okay, I want to like keep doing this. And I think that's going to really demand me to like ask myself, like what my point of view is, what my voice is as like an adult and younger was kind of this like moment where I was like still being a child actor and in like some capacity. So it is funny, though, because, like, I think it's a great show, and um if you watch it, like, I do get recognized, and that's, like, really exciting and cool. Like, I even get recognized, like, with a mask on, which, like, I would never think, you know? It's funny, because there are some people who I'm like, do you know who Sutton Foster is? And they're like, nope, and I'm like, okay, this conversation's over, you know? um. But if you do know who Sun Foster is, it's really cool and, like, exciting. And and because I worked on Shrek with her, I've known her and worked with her since 2008 now. She was really there for the kind of the moment when I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm on Broadway and I'm 12. Like, I, I do want to do this forever and ever. Like, this is the peak of, like, my happiness. So, like, teach me how how do you kind of, like, gracefully do that, you know? So... Yeah, that's what I would say. And then, like, at, at Princeton, like, I wasn't really, like, working as much because I was so focused on, like, my incubatorness that, like, I kind of, like, forgot about. What did you major in, by the way? It's so funny you ask. I was an intended astrophysics major. Um, I was, like, really into physics. No way. No. I'm sorry. No. I don't believe you. I know. I was, like, <laughs> I was really, really into physics. I thought it was, like, so cool. I was like, you know, I was like a little bit of like a stone or two, And so I was like, I'm going to like go to like Princeton. It's going to be so random. And I'm going to like write the next like Rick and Morty, you know. And then like I got to Princeton. I was like so excited. I mean, like tea, but like I felt like they like just were a little bit like sexist and like didn't even know it, you know, because they were just a bit like, you know, like you don't really look like what like a physics major looks like. Like maybe you should. And. To their credit though, like to my academic advisor's credit, like I did very much say like I want to be able to like get an audition the next day and like be able to just like hop on a train and do it. Um, It's funny now because like nothing's in person, but I like love in person. So I was like I will always like try to make the in-person audition.
0: Which is such an advantage to Princeton. I think for many of us who had already been working in the arts or wanted to work in the arts just the access point of New York. Because people forget that Princeton is, like, an arts place. And I always find that I'm, like, acting as the Princeton arts advocate, like, unofficially, wherever I am. But it really is, like, that placement in New York is so crucial.
1: No, it's such an advantage. And it was, like, so nice because I grew up on the Upper West Side to just, like, have this moment away from the city where I could kind of, like, appreciate it for its, like, eclecticness, but then, like, go to this, like, beautiful campus where, like, every building is just gorgeous and different from the next. I forgot what what the question was, but... You were saying that,
0: we were just talking about your major, you were saying that they were sort of like, don't be an astrophysics major.
1: Oh, yeah! Right. They were right in the sense of, like, if you want to, like, commit the time to, like, your acting career, you're it's just not possible to also commit all of that time that you would need in the lab, because it's just, like, pre-professional, you know? They're not really, like geared towards writing a sci-fi movie if you major in physics so um when that became clear I think I was like bopping around for a while and then um landed in English for sure (laughs) because I also like I I remember like I sat down with Bob Sandberg um Oh, who's retiring. And I, I love him. I remember sitting down with him freshman year. And I was like, I want to write a play as my thesis. And he was like, okay, well, like the only two majors that will let you do that are English anthropology. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay, cool. That's
0: so interesting, though. I had no idea you were like a science person. And I love that. I love that you're saying you you had wanted to write like the next Rick and Morty, because also I've noticed, I'm going out of order here. But that's okay. That's the beauty of the form. I noticed that you, especially in the pandemic, which we can get into, but we've all had to do some sort of jump-starting of our own stuff. And you in particular, I know like you did that film production of Happy Days with our mutual friend Nico Krell. So you've been writing and making your own work more. Is that something you always wanted to do? Is that something you want to keep doing?
1: Totally. I I think I got to a point... um, because I had had like these years of, of just auditioning and, and being an actor, um, that uh, I was really inspired by Hamilton when it first came out. And I like wrote about that in my application of like, I want to go to Princeton, because I could tell that like, Princeton's theater department was very much about like, creating your own stuff, being a producer, thinking critically, getting your taste, you know, and your voice. You just have to do that by like seeing as much theater as you can, figuring out like what tickles you. And I really wanted to be able to leave Princeton, having written a play, having like produced something, um, just to feel a bit more like autonomous and a bit more like I wouldn't kind of be at the whim of other people. But like, I think I have what it takes to like write my own tales and like I'm so inspired now by like I may destroy you, flee bag and even like broad city like these tales where they're kind of like riffing off of a character that is themselves, you know? So I was really excited about that going to college.
0: That's awesome. Let's go back um to give people some more grounding in you. You mentioned earlier this formative experience doing Shrek with with Sutton, of course. Um, And you said that that, you were describing that as a moment when you were like, oh, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. But I'm wondering, was that more of a like, this is what I want to do professionally with the rest of my life? And so then was there a moment earlier, like perhaps even your first exposure to theater movies or what have you, when you were just like, oh my God, this is amazing. I have to do this.
1: Yeah, I think like, I... I remember, like, my my family was kind of like a big baseball family growing up, just because I have one older brother, and he was obsessed with, like, the Yankees. We were, like, always going to Yankees games, and I was, like, in Westside Little League, and I was like, okay, cool, and then I, like, went to summer camp, and um, with Abigail Jean Baptiste, funnily enough. Well, I was just going to mention her, because she was on the show, and I asked her, I
0: forget how it came up, but she was like... Yeah, baseball is really important in my family. No way. And then we were like, you should do a baseball play of some kind. So maybe you guys will be working on a baseball theatrical piece soon
1: together. That sounds so interesting because I feel like people always think that baseball is like really slow paced. But you know that like all of those players are just like thinking crazy thoughts. to like just like keep themselves like present and just like kind of not get overwhelmed by like how much space they're like responsible for like, you know, catching the ball. Like, I'm sure there's something cool to do there. It's very theatrical. I mean, yeah, damn Yankees
0: has been done. I feel like there's 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 a modern damn Yankees to be had. Totally. Okay, so you went to summer camp,
1: went to summer camp. And like, I was in one of the youngest cabins and auditioned for the musical and got the lead. So I think that was just like a moment where I was like, okay, (laughs) maybe like, this is a thing I'm good at. Were you always singing? I was like, yeah. And like, um, I'm a Leo. Like I love like attention and I love like making people laugh. Like it just like mm, uh, bread and butter. And like when I would play like house with my friends and we would like perform it for people, I'd always like be the weird. I'd be like the grandmother who like can't stop farting, you know, or like, when I was in, like, the Purim play at the actor's temple, which was, like, actually the temple that I went to growing up, um, I was, like, the alcoholic king in the Purim play, you know, I wasn't, like, Esther, like, the ingenue, so I was always kind of, like, into, like, the, like, whoa, she's, like, this tiny blonde girl, and she's, like, being the grandma or, like, the fat alcoholic king, like, what's that, you know, and then, like, I think when I when I got that part, I was there is just something so like electric about feeling connected to so many people at the same time um, and having them kind of like open. I don't know, like you're just so vulnerable if you're, you know, really connecting to what's happening. Um, So and I I think it it kind of took me until doing Happy Days, um, which I just did this past year to kind of like reflect on like presence and like why I love acting. Um, in a more theoretical sense of like, wow, I'm just so present. And like, there's nothing like when you're just like alive, and you're just like, in this moment, you're not worried about like, what you did or what you're about to do. You're just in the moment, truthfully. And that is so fulfilling for me, I think.
0: It's interesting that a pandemic project when so few people were working, sort of brought you back to that presence. That's so... Interesting. I want to ask too, uh, you obviously started out doing both, well, you started out mostly with theater. And then you moved more into like, TV and movies. And when we're talking about this concept of presence and feeling alive, do you feel that equally in both genres? Is there one that you gravitate towards that has your heart?
1: Mm -hmm. I definitely I think that theater um, at least for, like, the last five years, I've always been, like, theater is, like, where kind of the actor's, like, dignity is or, like, the integrity, you know? And, like, you go through the story from beginning to end, you know? Like, that is just a beautiful thing. Once you get the blocking down, you don't have to be worried about, like, are you visible? Like, you know, are are people getting, like, the right angle of you? Um, and I did kind of find cameras like alienating for a bit you know just like okay like what are you picking up and like I do love being like kind of broad and like big and like I love doing sketch like I would love to like do a like sketch shows and like you know SNL is like a really kind of fun dream so sometimes I do have to kind of like get subtle you know when I'm like in front of a camera but I think it's weird like in COVID I've kind of had to like just accept like okay you're going to have to use a camera like in some capacity, if you want to like do any, you know, even like theater is now you kind of have to like use this framework. And then yeah, just getting like really inspired by like, I may destroy you and and shows where like, they are just kind of bending like the whole kind of narrative uh, structure. So I, I think there's a lot more like innovation than I give like, or than I used to give film and TV credit for that I'm like, excited to keep exploring. And I uh right now I'm working on um my friend Riley who's a senior at Princeton. We wrote and created um this TV show about our friendship during quarantine and just the differences between what leaving college as a senior uh in COVID was versus him who he was a sophomore. And for his theater thesis, he was able to get like a very small amount of funding from the Lewis Art Center. Thank you Lewis Art Center. Um to film like a DIY pilot. And that was really cool because like we were, we wrote these characters that were um, versions of ourselves, like kind of hyper real versions of ourselves. And then I like was directing it. And that like, when you have that much control, you do just, you do just kind of like trust that you're getting the right footage. Sometimes when I'm like on a film set and I'm just the actor, and I, I hate saying like just the actor, actors are freaking awesome. But you're, they're like, great, we got it. And you're like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? And like, which take are you going to use? You know? So I do just like, I feel a lot more in control with theater. Yes.
0: I think that's really interesting because on the one hand, you're saying like with the innovation of film and TV and when you are able to take more of a like director's executive producer writer's seat, then you have, that's the ultimate control, right? Because every shot you can control in that way but theater as you say because it's a whole body experience when you're just the actor you can sort of control that which I think is really interesting um wait I didn't realize you graduated Princeton in 2020.
1: Do you feel terrible for me?
0: (laughs) I feel no I feel terrible for you but (laughs) I'm gonna couch that by saying that um I felt really terrible for you guys in the moment, but I frankly feel worse for people like your friend Riley, because at least you experienced college and Princeton, you know, as it should be for as many semesters as possible. Obviously the end of your senior year is very special, especially at Princeton, but um, I really do feel for people that have had this sort of half life of their college experience um it's terrible but walk me through like because you had been working you did Shrek you did all these tv shows you booked younger you said your junior year of high school and then did you you took some time off in between high school and college is that correct just to like do younger and focus on that
1: yeah, I took a gap year, and um, you know, like you were saying, like my friend Noah, I had friends who were actors and just like weren't going to college, and was feeling a bit kind of like, okay, I want to know what that's like too, just to like have a year where I'm just like auditioning, and it's at, it it's it's prepared me really well <laughs> for this moment. So, you know, like I'm glad I did it. Of just like, how do you make your own structure? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic has been the ultimate in that. So then
0: you did Princeton. Twenty twenty hits it basically ruins your senior year and then what was it just like a big question mark did Younger shoot its final season during the pandemic
1: yeah so we started shooting I think in October of 2020 and wrapped um, around like January February I was kind of like lucky that I got to do a little bit of work <laughs> like in 2020 because I feel like things are still kind of like getting back you know it's like kind of stopping and starting like an old car so
0: yes yes have you been to the theater since it's reopened
1: i've been to yeah i actually i saw a play at the rattlestick um, last weekend which was super cool fun i haven't been to like a broadway show yet i'm going with my mom to girl from the north country and moulin rouge soon um, and I'm seeing something at St. Anne's. So, I mean, I'm really excited. I'm vaccinated. Like, I'm wearing a mask. Like, I'm ready. It's it's definitely an emotional experience. I saw something at um, the Armory. It was, like, David Byrne had made this, like, dance party where everyone was, like, six feet apart in these, like, different colored circles. And that was, like, I got very emotional locking into that space because you're finally just, like, making eye contact with so many strangers.
0: For sure. And that space is so great, to. I mean, the problem with the Broadway theaters is that they obviously have not changed since they were built. So they're not big and you're clustered all together. The armory, on the other hand, is so big and so amazing. So it's great that they're doing stuff there and that you saw that David Byrne thing. I heard it was great. Um, You mentioned before uh, being Leo, loving to make people laugh, being broad. I do think that those of us in who like end up in musical theater are generally or theater in general are generally not the the ingenues when we were young like I went to an all-girls camp and like I always played the men I always played the men so hot
1: Katie <laughs>
0: thank you so much I uh yeah playing Applegate and Dan Yankees was really uh, the pinnacle of my hotness um at 12 with braces
1: yeah, you're better for it.
0: <laughs> um, but I do want to ask, ta- speaking of like blending all these genres, it- and based on kind of knowing you in a peripheral way, it seems like comedy is something you gravitate towards a lot. And you mentioned loving sketch and all these different things. Is that something you are still like working towards doing? Like you want to do more stand up or more sketch? Or is that something you feel you're fulfilling within theater?
1: Mm, yeah, I think um I think comedy is a really great community, like um, bi coastally, but also like in New York for sure. And I did really feel that like this summer being back here and comedy, you know, joints finally being open, I was like, Oh, this is a huge difference. Like I'm not meeting anyone that is also like my age and just like funny and weird when I'm, like, I'm not seeing improv shows or, you know, and, um, it, it, like, I, I went to a stand-up show in July and just, like, knew someone who's on the set who then, like, invited me back to, like, a party, you know, and it was, like, yes, like that, and then, like, they invited me to do a set on their show, and so I'm, I, I... I don't have like as much experience with stand up, but like I was in Quipfire, the improv group at Princeton, or the, the one of them. Shots fired against what's it called? Fuzzy dice. Oh, <laughs> fuzzy dice. I know, and there's a new one, Child's Play. That my friend runs, which is great. Like, I, I do think like it is kind of silly that there's not really like a stand up scene at Princeton. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of like figuring out how to do that now, but. Yeah, I went to like an improv jam this past week at Brooklyn Comedy Collective and it was so exciting just like meeting people like with Katherine Cohen and stuff like I feel a bit like you know oh my god like they're older and they have it all figured out already and like it's fun to just like now be like yeah like we are all like freaking like just out of college like figuring it out you know and like I get to kind of be in that kind of like group Um so I'm really excited about that and I I do just feel like with comedy like I love making people laugh and it's just a way to like be making stuff on your own and not be like waiting for permission and not be waiting for like funding or you know like so you can just like get on stage you can do like an improv set it was so fun just like doing like this improv jam with like five random people I've never met and then like we all have to kind of just like be weirdos and then like get a drink together after and it was just so fun. And like, I'm very inspired. So I hope that I can kind of make friends that way too.
0: I forgot that you were in Quipfire. That's so great. Do you find that your like improv and comedy experience assists your acting, even when it's like, you know,
1: serious acting? Totally, totally. I think Quipfire is it was such an amazing experience. It was really demanding, you know, Um, and it was just really, really. You know, you mentioned Nico earlier. Or other friend like Allison Light, like just these really smart Vivian Bizarro. I mean, just really smart, funny people. Um, and I feel like I just learned how to be like world building without like using too much of my brain and like still like listening and being in the moment, but just like, oh, okay, so like all of these things of, like, okay, if this is true, then that's true, and, like, you can just have all these details, like, at your fingertips, and all you have to do is, like, look down and see, like, that you're wearing a crazy skirt, you know, or, like, like, feel the, like, pill bottle in your tote bag that you're, like, kind of ready to, like, take out, or just, you know, like, anything, and I, I felt like Quipfire and Improv just, like, really helped me with, like, of course we have all of these things and like we're not just like tied to like what the lines are or like what is on the page.
0: Yeah it's so interesting what you say about world building especially because I think like as actors we sometimes rely I mean it's great when we get costumes and sets but I think sometimes we rely like too much on that and we forget that like I mean not to be you know cheesy, we are enough, and like our bodies and our voices are our instruments, and like that's all we really need to create an experience um and improv is obviously so important for that,
1: and I think like improv really helped with like character work, you know, and just being like, I can be literally anything like I can do a different gender, I can do a different age, you know, and so it's just so fun, like, I feel like I got to just break out, like, a lot of my, you know, child, I feel like I finally got to, like, senior year of college, and was, and, like, when I was writing this play that was about, like, white feminism, and I was, like, whoa, like, being a child actor, like, starting at, like, 11, 10, 11, like, and just, like, I got a manager when I was 11, I got an agent when I was 13, like, you're just told what you are like, it's so effed up and crazy and like necessary for like booking things. But it's like, you're the girl next door, act accordingly. You know, like, if you're posting on Facebook, like don't post pictures where you look like you're sexually active. (laughs) You know, and you're just like, okay, but I am, (laughs) you know, so it's like, it's just weird. And I feel like getting to like senior year, I was like, whoa. I can like rewrite that a bit and I can I can kind of take control again and like being these characters that know, like Brian Herrera, he's like this amazing professor at Princeton. He talks a lot about like, like the element of surprise in performance. And I think that is so cool of like, you know, when someone steps out on stage and you think one thing and then they open their mouth and it's like, what, you know? And so I think that that is like a really fun and rewarding thing to play with in my kind of performance technique, if you will. Yeah,
0: I think that's really true. I mean, you even mentioned it earlier when you were talking about first coming to performance, being like the small blonde girl who then is like the old lady that farts all the time. I think that's such a, and teaches us to play against type, as you were saying, and so much of our like management and agents and whoever, for good reason, are purposefully pushing us into a type. But I think it's our job. And the more I do these shows too. Um, everyone sort of says this, it's our job as the actor to push against that, even though our management may be pushing the opposite way. But I think it's interesting too what you were saying. And this is what I was sort of asking earlier about your professional experience when you were young, I'm sure, like, you had these like crazy expectations, even when you were young, that many of us who didn't do that can't even identify with. So I'm also curious, clearly you you had to be this sort of like standard of as you say girl next door child has that transition as you've sort of come into an adult been challenging because I saw you on um generation the new HBO show and you were playing a a a woman getting married and I was so happy for you because I was like I mean the age-old question is like can child stars transition to be adults and obviously I think you are such a good actor and it's more complex. And it's not like you were like Frankie Muniz on Malcolm in the Middle, but I do think that there are some parallels there. So how has that transition been? Are you finding it hard?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, like, it makes me think of, thankfully, my, um, my acting thesis at college was playing Macbeth in an all female and non binary cast. And we closed March 7th, Katie, and found out the next day classes were going online. Oh my gosh. Under the wire. Truly under the wire. Like, yeah, I like think it's just so crazy. So that that's like part of the pilot is like the closing night party where I'm literally on top of the world. Like I figured out that like I can do whatever I want with my acting career. And then like it ends, you know. Um, but I did remember like, you know, Elena Araus directed that and um, she didn't want to change like any of the pronouns. So like we used he in all the text and like I was wearing a pantsuit and like I got to kind of like take up space in like a very masculine way. And I read about like kind of masculine femininity and like I felt like I was kind of unlocking this part of me that I always kind of like tucked away just because like it wasn't commercial or whatever, you know, and I remember, like, getting an audition for something where I was supposed to play, like, um, kind of, like, a flower hippie child who, like, takes too much acid, and she's, like, a ghost who, like, dies because, like, when she's on acid, she, like, walks up to a bear. And I remember, like, I just, like, was in such an experimental space at the time, in, like, such, like, a, like, kind of gritty space that I was, like, I, like, read all my lines, like, Kathy Bates, you know? I was, like, yeah, man, like took some acid like oh man like i'm i'm seeing some crazy visuals right now i submitted it and my manager called me and was like hey so like do you want to retape this like cuz i think you know that they want you to be like a ditzy like flower child hot girl and you're like playing it like a 65 year old woman so like just like kind of let me know what's going on there and i was like yeah i'm like going through it right now it's for sure for sure what's happening um but yeah I don't know just like I I think back to that moment and just kind of laugh because it felt it felt like you know kind of like bad at the time but I was like you go girl like you were you were finding your truth and like yeah you didn't you, you didn't book that well I
0: think that's the value add of training though because it gives you a space to play the roles and play around that as you say aren't commercially viable like And that and then gives you the tools to use them throughout your career. But I think it's so I obviously I mean, I I went to college I'm I'm such a huge advocate of the space for training in addition to the professional work, because I think it's it's it you're never going to get better if you're only playing roles that are like ditzy hot girls, even if you are a hot girl, which you are. But like, thank you. It just you're welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's great. And obviously is giving you the tools to succeed as you go on. I want to ask about going on. Um, do you have goals for yourself? Like what's on the horizon? You've already done so much, so I can't even imagine what they would be.
1: I would love, like, I would love to get more into the comedy scene. Like I would, I'm doing like a sketch. I, my friend asked me to do a sketch show. Um, in October and like I'm so excited to just like be kind of in that world more and like in that community but I'm also like I do kind of I love serious acting and like you know Macbeth like and Happy Days it's like Shakespeare and Beckett like I love the juicy meaty I love it's like it's like being a kid in a candy store when you like really really are doing that hard work and like I'm smart, like, I can do it. I think sometimes I forget that I'm smart because I, like, talk, like, I'm, like, (laughs) and, like, but I can do it. Like, being in the low road was so freaking cool, and, like, Susanna Perkins is this other, you know, young woman that was in that cast with me, and, like, I am so grateful that there were, like, two young woman uh, roles in that show because we were just, like, there for each other to be, like, this is really hard work, and, like, this is, like, a very intellectually demanding play. And, you know, I was just getting into like Brecht with Bob Sandberg at Princeton. And like, how do we kind of do that? Like political, like theater, of course all theater's political, but like that kind of like double like awareness of like, I am the actor and I am the part. And um, I would love just like a, and it, it sucks when you get so close to like a juicy meaty play part. You know, and like you're just like in the room, and the director's like, "Oh, you're you're so talented," and you're like, "Thank you," but also I know that, that you're kind of breaking up with me, you know, and it's like, okay, like see you later. So, like I, I'm 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 just trying to like be patient and persistent, and like I feel like an adult. I feel like college really kind of just helped me like figure out who I am. and I mean, this this pilot that I'm writing with my friend Riley, like I would love for us to get some, you know, uh, seven figure funding, Um, do it up on Hulu. I think you're going to get that
0: through this podcast. I think that's that's going to be the avenue for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally, totally. Thank you, Katie, for letting me plug this show. Yeah,
0: you'll be getting VCs contacting you. Yeah, I
1: think those are
0: Great goals. Um, Do you ever miss the physics of it all?
1: Like, like physics, like just physics?
0: Yeah, because you said that's what you thought you were going to like do or like, or I just mean like science. Like, I know a lot of actors in the pandemic were like, oh, my God, should I have been like a doctor Um, or some other random thing? Did you have a moment where you were like, okay, I guess I'm going back to the lab?
1: Yeah, no, I never I never like wanted to. I felt like, you know, my I'm I'm lucky that I come from um a family that like really does believe in me and just like knows that like something will happen, like something will strike sooner or later. Like thanks. Shout out to my family. Um so like but you know, I I I was kind of quarantining with them um upstate for like the first 5 months of the pandemic and just like hearing them be like, "Uh, this must be so tough for actors. Like, actors just, I wouldn't want to be one. And you're like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like finally got like a day job, which is like, uh, you know, but like, it's fine. What's your day job? <laughs> right now my day job is, and we'll get to this, which is like, I'm sure, like, if I wasn't, like, a shopaholic, like, younger could have kind of, like, buoyed me for a bit, but, um, unfortunately, like, I just, I love shopping, and I'm kind of dealing with it, um, so I have a day job, because I'm, like, I need shopping money, just kidding, I need, like, retirement money, apparently, um, so right now I'm working in a restaurant. As a server, or as a host? As a host, um, which is like oh I did that my first year out of college as well really yeah I've been there oh that's so comforting I mean
0: I'm glad it's comforting but it was it was a fun I think everyone should work a restaurant job at least once because it's just like you'll never be mean to a waiter again like it's a it's an interesting community I always describe being a host as simultaneously the most boring and the most stressful job I've ever had
1: totally like especially with a mask there are sometimes I can just disassociate you know I'm just like I'm not here right now um I'm walking you to your table have a nice dinner like see you never um then there are sometimes like you really like you meet someone interesting and you know and like maybe maybe you don't but they're like um you know I work in like a very fancy restaurant and so have you watched White Lotus like it does feel a bit of like you know, like, yes, tell me about, like, the crazy thing that happened to you today. Because, like, you're paying for this experience where, like, I care about that, you know? Um, which is, again, just, like, acting experience. I'm just like, yeah, go off. <laughs> it is. I remember, I
0: may cut this because I don't want to, like, offend anyone. But I don't think they'd be watching. But I remember Um, I had, a like, an important callback. And then I had to go right from the callback to my hostessing job. And I don't wear like a lot of makeup normally sometimes, but like, I just, I don't know. I'm not like a huge makeup girl. And it was for like golden age musical. So I was wearing like a lot of make a lot more makeup than I normally would. Um, and I arrived at my hostess job and most of the other women who were hostessing at this restaurant were like, pageant girls for whatever reason, like girls who had made their like careers in pageants. And so the head major D like turned to me and she was like, I wish you would wear that much makeup every day to work. And I was like <laughs> But all of that is to say I think the harshness of the restaurant industry, which it is, is like important to build a backbone. Um I could talk about the restaurant industry forever, but I wanted to go back, you mentioned your family do they work in the entertainment business, or was it just sort of like this thing that you liked, and then they were like, okay, let's get behind her and support her in what she wants to do?
1: Yeah, it was. It's 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 kind of yeah. It's interesting. My grandparents. Uh, I'm very close with my mom's side of the family, and um, my grandparents are both professors. Well, my grandma's retired now, but she was like this amazing like um, like OG, like female professor, you know, she was like one of the first female professors on like the UPenn English staff. And my grandpa still teaches philosophy at the new school and is like writing a book till the day he dies. He's like 89. And whenever I got an acting part, they'd always be like, okay, cool. But what about school? So like education was always this like kind of, you know, and like everyone in my family is like, just like a good student in some capacity. Um, But yeah, like my, I think it backfired a little bit because when my mom was growing up, she was like this amazing photographer and got into film school at NYU and USC. And my grandparents said she should do something more academic with her life. So she actually like went to UC Santa Cruz and then went to law school and is like now a lawyer. But I think she is so supportive of me, like doing exactly what I want to do because like, well, a, I think she thinks I have what it takes, but like b, because. She wants to be that mom who's like, okay, great, that's we're gonna do that then, you know, and like, she kind of helped me like go to Broadway Dance Center and like start taking dance classes with all these Broadway kids who then like showed me their voice teacher who then like got me prepared for Shrek, you know, and like, I I'm very grateful for my mom for she's also a, she's a tough mom she's very someone just compared her to Frances McDormand and I find that to be quite um accurate of just like tough and straight up and like doesn't sugarcoat it. Um, but she would always, you know, read contracts for me. And, like, one of my first acting jobs, I um, had to play Miss Teen Kentucky. It was, like, a bunch of pageant queens. And the I was 12. And everyone else, I think, was, like, 16 or 17 in their early 20s. So, like, I don't really know what was going on. Like, it was, like, an adult swim pilot. And the costumes were bikinis and sashes and, like, patent leather pumps. And my mom was, like, absolutely not. My daughter's 12. Put her in a one-piece. So everyone in the cast was in a bikini except for me i was in a one piece and that was like kind of a moment where i was like mom like in the moment i was so embarrassed and now i'm like wow that was like a good mom move to be like no like no you know um and my uncles my uncles actually who produce generation and phoebe in wonderland they are um one is a screenwriter and one is a a director and one is a producer and they live in la and um yeah they were I think a little bit wary at first when, when my mom and I were like, Tessa wants to act. And they were like, Oh no. <laughs> and they were like, it's tough out there. And I mean, it's like kind of less tough in a sense now, but like, you know, like in the early 2000s being 10, it's like, you really want people like you want to be like rejected like that all the time. And, um, but then they gave me this part as Alice in Phoebe in Wonderland. And that was, like, an amazing experience because I got to, like, yeah, work opposite Patricia Clarkson and Elle Fanning. Um, but they, they've never really kind of, like, intervened too much. I think that they kind of just, like, I mean, one day I'm, I'm sure, like, there might be, like, a role that they're, like, sick. This is for Tessa. But um, for the most part, I feel like I've been kind of, like, doing my thing. And they've been doing their thing. And then we, like, cheer and kind of support each other. Um, but yeah, no, my brother is like in law, uh, he's, he's, he's a, he's a doing a fellowship at, um, yeah, law, you know? So like, I'm not really, I'm kind of, my dad was like in a bunch of punk bands. So I think I get like a bit of like my performance energy from him, but yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. My aunt's a journalist. So like lots of like intellectual stuff. And I think that's why like at first I was like, oh, like. I'm, like, the, you know, the space cadet doing, like, theater when everyone else is, like, doing journalism and law and, like, philosophy. And um, and then I realized along the way, and my grandparents were, like, no, it's actually, like, a really kind of um, – there's a lot of integrity to being, like, a theater artist and actor.
0: Before we wrap up, I want to ask – I have an ending segment, which is quick, which I always do, but I want to ask two questions before we wrap up. The first being, do you have any advice for – aspiring actors who may be listening to this either ones who want to get into professional acting work as children or teens or anyone roughly our age or beyond who are actors in the
1: world I would say I mean I think it's so important to find your voice and whatever that means to you like really doing the hard work to be like okay great yeah like I'm I have a beautiful voice or like you know I am good at, like, acting, but, like, who are you? And, like, what do you, what's your perspective? And, like, what do you care about? And um, I just think that, you know, like, have life experiences. Like, I was so grateful that in college, like, I studied abroad. I lived in Japan for eight weeks. I lived in Berlin for six weeks. Like, I, I lived in Chile for five weeks, like, before college with, like, a camp. And, you know, like, just get that experience and Um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. But I I think you just feel a lot more kind of in control, which is like a thing that I love, but I also kind of struggle with is like when you can, when you can just be connecting to the truth of yourself and, um, telling your story through, through other work, you know, even if it's not like a autobiographical story. But I felt that a lot with happy days that like Tessa kind of needed to like, figure out how to like be talking to herself and getting through the day um, and staying in the moment and positive amidst so much, you know, hopelessness. Um, And I feel healed because of that.
0: I think that's so beautiful and Happy Days was such an accomplishment. And if people have not watched it, go do it.
1: Where is it available again? Is it still available?
0: Because I watched it when it happened.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you for watching it. I um, I have a, a link. It's like I think because of the Beckett estate, like we had to kind of like do it at these like set weekend times. But yeah, the Beckett estate is hard. If you DM me,
0: right. Well, we won't put the link on here, but um, you know, people who know me or yeah, DM one of us, and uh, maybe we'll provide the link depending on how much we like you, um. It's such a good answer and um, something that's so important, I think. And the last thing I want to end with before the closing segment is just something I've been thinking about throughout the pandemic and now Broadway is reopening. But at the same time, I've heard from non-theater people like uh, some questioning of how important is what we're doing. And I think that's something we've all had to grapple with in the pandemic when it could feel that the government and others were sort of telling us that it wasn't. Um, So I just want to ask you, as someone who's been doing theater and been doing TV and film and performance and comedy, like, what's the secret sauce? Like when you sit with yourself and think about what is theater? Why do I love this thing? Why should people care about it? Why do you love it?
1: I love it because I love storytelling. And I I think it's so important to be sharing and connecting with people you don't know, you know, and to be telling a story that oddly relates to people that you don't know. Like, and I think you can get that through a novel, you can get that through a novel, <laughs> but you, but like, you know, like you can read something but there's so there's something so like just magnetic and magical about like being in a space with other people and looking at them and being like are you okay like it, especially like after this covid it's just it's just to kind of give to ha- to we're so isolated and that's just the opposite of what theater does it brings people together and like i i you know like i think about when i saw the normal heart on broadway and everyone was just, like, sniffling at the end of the show, and you're, like, making eye contact with, like, no one was clapping, everyone was just crying, and you're, like, making eye contact with people that you've, like, never met before, and you're probably not even going to introduce yourself to them, and you're just crying, and it's, like, yes, like, that is humanity, like, we're not supposed to be okay, which is, like, so kind of different from, like, Instagram and social media, where I feel like I kind of, like, promote, like, when I'm doing well, you know, (laughs) or, like, not even just, like, well, but I, like, I don't want to, like, post a video of me, like, crying and being, like, life sucks, like, I'm unemployed, you know, but I feel like I can do that, like, with stand-up, or, like, I feel like I can do that, like, in a piece of theater where I'm just, like, we're struggling, right, and, like, that's okay, and I just, it just, I think storytelling is so important, and I think, like, me and Riley's show, I, I have heard some people be, like, like, I don't want to see a COVID show, like, oh my god, last thing I want to do is watch a show about COVID, and I'm like, totally hear you, hear you loud and clear, but also, like, that experience of what it did to both me and Riley's college careers in different ways is, like, a really important story, and it's, like, it feels very important for us to share that story and be, like, was anyone else just feeling a bit, like, all of a sudden they were forced into adulthood in this like whole new kind of disgusting way and had to like grow up really, really quick. And it was like beautiful and bad, you know? Yeah.
0: I've always found the attitude, like, I don't want to hear more about the pandemic kind of annoying because... As we said, the whole point of theater is storytelling and what we're just not going to pretend that this life altering psyche altering personality altering time period that's very much still going on didn't happen. There are ways to talk about the the terrible aspects, but also some of the like, interestingly good aspects like this friendship that you got out of it. Um, so I'm really excited to see it. And uh, God, Riley must be like, maybe 10 years younger than me. That's psycho. Time really marches on, I gotta say. Uh, Okay, (laughs) could talk to you forever, but um, I always end these with a segment called the Thank You Five segment, which is five rapid fire questions, um, sort of like the Vogue 73 questions, but lower budget and not staged. And um, just answer the first thing that comes to your head and uh, we'll be good to go. Okay, so first of all, your favorite credit as a working
1: child actor or teen actor? Uh, Shrek the musical. Like, I'll just say it. Best, best, most fun I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. Your favorite role you've ever played? Um, I am just going to say Winnie. I'm just going to say Winnie from Happy Days.
0: Fabulous. Um, Your weirdest on set moment
1: for like a TV or or film set? I I had to bread face um, for younger, which is pretty weird. What is that? Which is like this kind of kinky thing that some people like. My character had to do this, like she was doing it for money where like, you just record yourself like smashing your face into a loaf of bread and like, it like I think it's like a Japanese like sexual thing, and but like she's doing it, and so like Sutton finds online that like t- that like Caitlyn's doing this, and um, that was like the weirdest thing I've had to do on set. Wow,
0: I'm gonna look up that clip because that sounds uh, intriguing. And lastly, because I know you're into fashion, which we sort of talked about at the beginning. Your favorite costume you've ever
1: worn. I mean, in the low road, I had to wear this, like, amazing, like, pink dress that was, like, you know, Victor- Victoria, it's, like, 1870s kind of dress. Um, that was super fun. I'll also say um, Into the Woods that I did at Princeton my freshman year, um, Ethan Hurd, who's an amazing director, brought in, like, his amazing team and one of this costume designers his name was M- Mio, and he... He like sewed this like uniglow red puff jacket into like a little red cape, and I wanted to buy it, but I don't think I could because he's like a designer. But it was so cool. I remember
0: that. That was really awesome. Um, fabulous! Great answers. Is there anything that I missed that you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Anything else you want to say?
1: You know, I, I, I. um there was this one moment that I'll just, I'll just say, cause I, I think it's such a nice story um, was that uh, when I was in Shrek um, and I promise like, you know, like it, there's more to come in my life. Like I'm not just going to always talk about Shrek, but um, there was this moment when like we had a show on like a Sunday and everyone just wanted to go home. Cause it was like a Sunday night and it was like in November, it was like cold out. And um, when the show started, the f- when, when this first sound cue went, all of the sound cues just like played and played and played and they didn't know how to stop it. And it was like this crazy moment, like all the burps and the farts and the shouts and the fire. And we were all backstage and we were like, oh my God. Like, And then there was like 30 minutes where they were just like holding everyone in the audience and like trying to figure out like how to like reboot the computer system. And everyone backstage was like, oh my God, like we're going to go home. That's so awesome. And then they figured it out and the show started. And I remember being in the tower with um, this actress, um, Sarah Jane Everman, I believe is her name. It's been so long since I've seen her, but she was playing Fiona that day. She um, usually is like was in the like ensemble and she was playing Fiona and I was like trying to be cool, you know. And so like when the young Fiona went on, I was like, are you like bummed that we're here and like the show didn't get canceled? And she just looked at me and she was like, no, I I never take any show for granted. And I was like. Whoa. like it totally just like rattled my system and like I think of that story to this day because it's it's just so true just like live in a moment be grateful for like the thing you are doing Ugh, because it's what you love and it's like you have to remember sometimes I'm like gosh I'm like you know COVID like I haven't like booked something in a while and then when you do you're like okay that was worth it so it's just a story. That's such
0: a great story, especially because I feel like a lot of the people that I've talked to throughout this show, which has all been during COVID, have all said, like, I hope we never take it for granted again. Because especially when you're doing eight shows a week, it's so easy, especially with, like, theater types, to be in that dressing room and be like, "Oh, can't believe I have to do this again today and wear these stupid tight pants and, like, doesn't – does anyone care? no. And well, I've always hated that attitude, but I think hopefully, hopefully that will sort of be expunged from theater system after this experience of like unprecedented shutdown, because as you say, we get to play around on stage and no one else gets to do that. And how great is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited too, that like theater has had this moment of like reckoning, both with like Black Lives Matter and with like paying people like fair wages because like I do look at my like hosting job and I'm like oh this is like as much as I'd make like doing like an off-Broadway play you know like the weekly and it's like and you are working really really hard like I know someone who's like in the Hamilton like chorus and she is exhausted you know um I think there's an article about that but like it is it's going to be a both and like they're going to have to meet us where it's like, yes, we want to work our butts off and you are going to like honor that. So I'm excited to see how, you know, like Abigail Jean-Baptiste, and you're going to like administrative school right now. Like how do you kind of, how do you make the system better for everyone?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's something we're talking about in school all the time and such a delicate balance because of course ticket prices are so high now too. and if you actually want to change theater, you also have to change the audience. Even if we're making strides on stage uh, in terms of equity, the audience for a Broadway show is still almost primarily like white and over 40. And so the only real way that we know of to change that is changing ticket prices. And how does that relate to what actors get paid in the unions? It's all very complicated, but I agree with you that this reset button I think we're all waiting to see if the reset button is going to really change things. But all of that is to say it's a very exciting time then to be looking at the industry and working as you are and as I am and thinking about all these questions. And we need people thinking about these questions and not just like going into work and being a chorus boy for the day and then clocking out. Totally. Well, this has been the best. Thank you so much, Tessa. Thank you, Call Time listeners. Please give me feedback on this new uh, <laughs> new and exciting format. And not only is the podcast format really exciting, but we have some incredible guests upcoming. Tessa is just the first of some incredible guests, even though she was amazing. Um, and looking forward to uh, interacting with you guys next week. Thanks so much.